Hello, my lovely people. Welcome to the Hormonal and Fit AF podcast. I am your host, Stacey, and I'm here to help educate, raise awareness, and make you feel normal with your hormonal journeys. I'm so excited for you to be here. If you enjoy the podcast, please follow and leave a rating on Apple or Spotify, and don't forget to share it with your hormonal friends too. Small disclaimer before we start this episode, I am not a medical professional. The information on this podcast are my own personal experiences and my own extensive research. If you are concerned about your hormone health, please always seek help from a medical professional. Hello guys, how is everybody doing today? It is your hormonally imbalanced friend Stacey back for episode four. It is episode four. I hope everyone is good. I am, yes, here because I am hormonally hormonally imbalanced just like you guys are, I imagine, before you are still here listening. I am having one of those weeks where everything is just feeling very heavy and I'm very tired and I feel like I could maybe burst into tears at the slightest thing. So we're here together. I'm glad you guys are here with me. So welcome back to episode four. And in today's episode, what I'm going to be chatting about are my top supplements for perimenopausal women. In fact, these supplements are supplements I would recommend that all my female clients take, no matter what age they are, but they are particularly going to be useful for women who are going through the perimenopause. So I thought this would be super useful. We've obviously went into, in previous episodes, if you have listened to the previous episodes, the different times of the cycle for the female, different hormones. And I thought it would be good to go over a couple of supplements that I think are super beneficial to help just keep our hormones a little bit happier. But before I begin, I feel like I've been having a little bit of a life overhaul this week. It was my birthday on Thursday and I turned 36. Don't get me wrong, I'm not over the hill just yet. But one of the reasons I began this podcast was because I work with so many women who are hormonally imbalanced, but not just because of that reason. I realized that my body was drastically changing as well. And yeah, this week I turned 36 and realized that sometimes I'm actually not often doing all the things I need to be doing to keep my hormones happy. And things I would have once gotten away with before, which I don't anymore. So if you are here because you feel the same, age is making your body and your hormones change, then I am glad you're here with me too. I want this podcast to bring you guys clarity as well as myself about how to feel better within our bodies and minds. And when I say I haven't been doing the things I need to keep my hormones happy, I'm going to dive into that a little bit more detail in the next episode but for today as I say I want to chat about supplements particularly for women ages 35 to 55 because whether you like it or not you're probably going through the perimenopause or that final menopause period there are many reasons why I would recommend that women take supplements supplements can majorly help with symptoms like fatigue anxiety mood swings, brain fog, insomnia, digestive issues, hot flushes, and lots, lots more. That's just some of the symptoms, and I'm sure you guys have been suffering with some of those as well if you, as I say, are here today to listen about this topic. And for me, food is always first to get these key nutrients in that you need 
for your hormones to work for you and not against you. Eating good quality protein, healthy fats, low GL carbs, plenty of vegetables is a super great way to help keep our hormones happy. But often we need to supplement certain nutrients as we age and get older. There are various reasons why. Firstly, your diet may not contain all the nutrients that you need. If you're eating a lot of refined carbs, bad fats, processed foods, alcohol consumption, there may even be some stress added in there as well. Stress is a big factor for depleting our nutrients. Food processing, like long distance transportation of processed foods, pesticides that are used on processed foods can all deplete the nutrients in our meals. The soil quality today is not as good as it used to be. A recent study actually showed that soil actually contains 20% fewer minerals than the 1930s, which wasn't overly surprising to me, to be honest. This next bit I found particularly interesting is that the soil that was tested was 50% lower in zinc and calcium, which are two minerals that we particularly need as we are getting older and have increased chances of suffering from hormone imbalances. Crazy. Bet you guys didn't think about the soil, did you? So nutrient deficiencies are also caused by how we absorb them. We are what we absorb. So reasons which can cause our bodies to not absorb nutrients, how we should, are the likes of low stomach acid, low digestive enzymes, Food intolerances, gut issues, stress, hormones, medications are some examples. So as we get older, we are more prone for different reasons to naturally not absorb nutrients from food as well as we used to be. So as we get older, we are more prone for different reasons to naturally not absorb nutrients from food as well as we used to. So I want to chat about a few certain supplements I recommend to all of my female clients to take on a daily basis, which can help you keep your hormones a little bit more happy and balanced. Before I begin, I'm aware the supplement market is an absolute minefield. I've been there myself before, stood staring at the options on the shelf at the supermarket and not knowing where to begin I've taken a good amount of time to dig into which ones are actually beneficial and which brands to use, so you guys don't have to. And I've also been there before buying supplements from the supermarket, so don't feel guilty if I mention anything on here that you have used previously, because to be honest, I didn't know either myself until I dug into it. But I'm here to help you guys, and I'm going to run through which ones are going to be better for you. Certain brands contain really cheap ingredients, which means the body doesn't really absorb them the best. They may have contaminants or cheap fillers. Some of them even add sugar or sweeteners. I know, that's crazy. So I would definitely recommend getting your supplements from either a naturopath or a proper shop. I personally buy mine from a website called iHerb or the likes of Holland and Barrett is probably a good shout as well, but there are other options out there for buying your supplements. Let's move on to which supplements I recommend most for us women in particular. Please do check these supplements are suitable for you if you have a diagnosed health condition or are on any medication. 
Supplement number one, a multivitamin. A good quality multivitamin is your basic insurance policy to overall health and immunity. I would, as I say, try and swerve away from your basic supermarket versions of these. You're almost wasting your money with some of them. They don't often have the right forms of B vitamins. You need the active forms, which will be absorbed properly within your body. Along with the essential minerals such as magnesium and iron, particularly if you have a menstrual cycle. Number two is vitamin D. So important to be supplementing vitamin D. If you live in a country like me, such as Scotland, we don't naturally absorb enough vitamin D throughout the year. And I would also supplement this with a vitamin K2. They both work super well together as a team. So get those on your list as well. Number three is a vitamin C as well as fighting infection and being your immune support, vitamin C is also a potent antioxidant, which means it prevents oxidated stress, which is protecting your cells and your DNA from damage. And it's needed for the production of collagen. I know girls, we all need extra collagen, which is a major component for skin, bone and connective tissue. It also helps your adrenals to produce cortisol too. So when we are very, very stressed, vitamin C can be low. So we want to make sure that we keep it nice and topped up. Supplement number four is omega-3 fish oil. Now, unless you're eating oily fish three times per week, so the likes of sardines, salmon, mackerel, you are not likely to be getting enough omega-3 fats, your essential fatty acids, for the structure of your cell membranes, reducing inflammation. So super important for reducing the risk of arthritis, heart disease, and brain and mood disorders. There are many fish oils out there, but again, some of them are quite rubbish. Some of them are contaminated, don't want to freak you guys out, some of them are contaminated with heavy metals or have gone a little bit rancid as they can go off very, very quickly. So I would definitely recommend paying a little bit more money for your fish oils. It's going to be super, super worth it. And number five, my favorite of all time, and if you have me on social media, you will have seen me ranting about this supplement more than one time. It is the happy little hormone rebalancer and rescuer itself, magnesium. Magnesium is responsible for over 300 different enzyme reactions within the body, including energy production, adrenal support, heart and bone health. It's your relaxation mineral, so great for stress, twitchy muscles, cramps, that sort of stuff. And it's particularly good for pain and inflammation. So you can honestly not go wrong with taking this supplement. I'm actually going to dive a little bit deeper into magnesium itself with you guys because I feel I rave about it so much at the moment and to my girls that I need to show you just how great and beneficial it really can be. So let's just take a little recap on what magnesium can help our bodies with first off. I did touch on this in a previous episode, but I want to just go over it again quickly. So Magnesium is an essential mineral that plays a crucial role in various body functions, such as regulating our hormones. Super, super important, including your insulin, thyroid hormones, our sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone. Maintaining our magnesium levels can help support the balance of all of these things. It's going to help with supporting our 
menstrual cycle is going to help our stress and mood management so it's going to keep that in a better spot insulin sensitivity so that's going to be super helpful for women that maybe suffer with PCOS sleep quality your hormonal fluctuations can sometimes disrupt sleep and magnesium is known to support relaxation and can help improve sleep quality by promoting the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system which is responsible for your body's rest and digest response inflammation very very good so the likes of even your pms your your period pains get a magnesium down your girls it is honestly you cannot go wrong with it really good for cardiovascular health have i sold you on this supplement yet have you got the model of the story magnesium is our hormonal balancing queen some symptoms which i personally find magnesium can help alleviate for perimenopausal women are your body cramps body aches and pains your it's going to balance out your sugar levels better which is what we want when we're aging blood pressure reduction it will help with if you're suffering with severe pms and cramping it will super super help with that cravings so we get all these cravings at different times of the month and that is normally that our body is searching for magnesium and glucose and that's normally why we want kind of chocolate if you are going to reach for chocolate make sure you go for the dark chocolate okay i know you maybe don't want that at the time but the dark chocolate is the chocolate that is loaded with magnesium so make sure that that's the one that you choose it will also help speed up your metabolism balance your hormones it reduces anxiety this was a big one for me I'm not saying that magnesium is going to cure your anxiety or it can also help with your brain fog and depression, low moods. It's not going to cure it, but it honestly did so much good with me. I really, really was struggling with my, I don't want to use the words mental health because I guess in a way it was my mental health, but it was absolutely hormonal driven and I've noticed big, big changes with adding the magnesium into my daily routine so the fact that was a big one for me the fact that it can help your your mood and your brain is just crazy because we can often go obviously to healthcare professionals and seek advice and it's it's very very quick to be sometimes put on different medications when there are so many natural paths that we can go down first the likes of taking a magnesium supplement that is so easily got in a shop and it's actually the the fastest absorbed supplement by our body as well which is great because you're going to feel the effects of it fairly quickly probably going to ask me which magnesium supplements are best because i know there is loads of them out there you want to make sure that you are trying to consume a magnesium glycinate or a magnesium citrate these two are the ones that are absorbed by our bodies the best and the quickest you want to avoid a magnesium oxide these are the ones that are poor absorbers by the body and these are often what you will find on the back of the supermarket brand so just make sure when you pick up your magnesium that you are checking the ingredients on it because although it says that big word magnesium on the front of the bottle, there are different kinds of, of magnesium. So I would just flip it around, have a little check of what kind it is before you buy it and you're looking to take about 320 milligrams per day. As I say, make sure if you are on any other medications that you do double check first that you can take magnesium with your medication or your health conditions first 
and yeah looking for around 320 milligrams per day you can actually have negative side effects if you take too much magnesium so don't take too much it can give us um, a little bit of diarrhea. So magnesium can be helpful for people who struggle with going to the toilet, but it can have the opposite effect if we take too much. And one little thing I'm going to add on before we wrap up the magnesium moment of today is that the pill can actually reduce your magnesium levels within your body. I would definitely supplement it anyway i'm not saying that to freak you out and make you panic if you're on the pill but i would definitely just make sure that you are supplementing along the way because you can obviously see all the positive side effects of taking a magnesium and i just think there's it's a no-brainer you want to get that down you one other thing as well that i found out when i was researching my little magnesium friends is that it's actually absorbed through our skin the quickest which really, really blew my mind. So when you're in Holland and Barrett, they've got lots and lots of magnesium supplements and they've actually got magnesium bath salts. So I was like, maybe we could have magnesium baths. I guess this is why you hear of certain places actually have magnesium baths. So I found that really interesting. I think I'm gonna have to go back and buy myself some and give it a try. But then I'll maybe, I'll maybe have too much magnesium that way. I'll have to drop the supplements. But yeah, I found that really interesting. So go get yourself some, some magnesium. And I love to hear your stories or feedback. If you obviously start taking the supplement and you feel the positive effects, please drop me a message on Instagram. Love to chat to you guys. You will find me, if you don't already follow me, at hormonal and fit AF on Instagram and give me a follow and pop me a message at any time. I hope you guys found that interesting. I'm going to do a couple of Q&As that I had through on Instagram just before I wrap this episode up. So the first one was, I would love to know what exercises slash workouts are best for different stages in your cycle. So the answer to this is going to be different to everybody. I personally don't change my workouts that much due to my cycle possibly the day or two before my cycle starts this is roughly where I am just now I'm on day 25 and everything is starting to feel a little bit heavy I can feel that my energy levels are a little bit lower this is generally when it depends obviously also what kind of training that you do but I personally do a lot of weightlifting and I definitely also find at this time of the month that everything feels a little bit heavy and my body's just a little bit fatigued. So sometimes I will just do a little bit more of a kind of deload session over these few days. And that just means that I don't train to failure. I pull things back a little bit and I just give my body a little bit more of a break than it needs. But I wouldn't recommend like that you have to change your training every month. I would literally just make sure that you're first off tracking your cycle. So you know when your cycle is make sure that you monitor symptoms so the likes of hunger your energy levels your sleep and also make sure that you just pay attention to your gym performance if you do feel like that things are feeling a little bit heavier then just drop things back a little bit and this also comes back to if you listen to episode one that i i went into what we need to do at that time of the month with our food as well we do generally need to just give ourselves a little bit more calories from carbohydrates to give the body the energy that it's actually craving for at that time. So I hope that answers your question. 
listen to your own body, track your symptoms. And if you do feel like that everything is feeling a little bit harder and a little bit more tiring, generally a couple of days up to your period starting, then I would dial things back just slightly. The second question I had was, I've just had a hysterectomy on Thursday. I hope you're recovering well, by the way, and would love some guidance on how you get back to exercise after surgery like this. So as I said at the start, I am not a medical professional, okay? I do have a little bit of knowledge with the, with this, but I do think that this is definitely going to differ from person to person again and how your recovery is going. But generally, the first couple of weeks, so from Thursday until two weeks' time, you would really need to rest and recover. So just let your body settle down and obviously make sure that your doctor clears you for doing really light exercise when you're ready to the likes of just walking so you probably feel very easily fatigued after surgery such as a hysterectomy and then roughly weeks two to six is going to be kind of your recovery and rehab so it's going to differ again from female to female but you could normally go back to daily activities so the likes of getting out for some steps, gentle stretching, breathing exercises, just anything gentle. And then from week six to eight, you should be a little bit more safe to return to exercise. As I say, I would definitely just make sure that you kind of chat with your GP or whoever it is that has cleared you after your surgery. I presume that you do get a little bit of aftercare like that and just listen to your body as well. But as I say, I'm not a medical professional there. That is just kind of what I have had experience with previous clients before, but everyone is going to be super different. But yeah, I hope your recovery is good. And the last question, I love these little questions, by the way, is how much protein should I be eating per day? What a great question. So you are roughly looking to try and eat about a gram of protein per pound of your body weight. So I am roughly 135 pounds, I think. So I should be eating about 135 grams of protein. Again, this might differ depending on how intense you train and how often you train. You'll possibly find that you'll need a little bit more protein. And you just want to try and make sure that you space that out over the day throughout your meals the best way that you can. So make sure that your breakfast has got a healthy amount of protein in there. I would guess, depending on how much you need, you're probably looking at 25 to 30 grams per meal. And just make sure that you have got a decent portion in each meal. I feel like that's a question lots of people get confused by, but yeah, generally looking for a gram per pound of your body weight. So I'm going to wrap up episode four. I hope you guys found that useful. I just love going into all these things and I'm actually learning so much myself because I've got a baseline level of knowledge and before I know it, I am down a rabbit hole researching all of these things all night long. So I'm getting lots of use out of it as well. I love it, but I hope you guys are finding it useful. And please, 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 if you do enjoy the podcast, I would really appreciate if you could not only share it on your Instagram story or with your friends, but actually go on to Apple or Spotify and leave a rating. So there is a little bit that asks you for a rating. There's five stars 
press the five stars and you can leave a rating there and that just gets the podcast out to more people the more ratings it have the more chance that it's going to pop up to other people that search these topics but i hope everybody has a lovely lovely friday thank you so much for listening and i look forward to catching up with you guys next week speak to you soon